It's all about true crime these days. It'd be like a podcast, but real. Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's, haul at the waterhole. A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll. It's time to neighbors. CJK Bayer. Let's get the neighbors. Hello, this is Neighbours. We are the Neighbours Recap Podcast. We overanalyze recent episodes of the Aussie soap Neighbours that we've just watched. We are in the Mobile Pirate Net Studios in Toadfish Rebecca's old city law offices. I'm Vaya. I have Kate here. Hi. And we have a new guest who is, like Kate, someone I met, we met in the Neighbours hashtag on Twitter. Kenny Young. It's great to be here. It was quite a treacherous trip from Queensland, yes. but um, somehow I managed to make it. Obviously, you would have booked your flights yesterday or today. Oh, no, this morning, yeah. Yeah, this morning. <laughs> I didn't leave anything to chance. So, And you'll, I guess, hop back on the midnight flight tonight, get the red eye back up there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, very short visit. So, Kenny, you Queensland born and bred? Yeah, pretty much been around Brisbane for most of my life, save maybe six months in California. So. Oh. How does it feel living in the dumping ground of Erinsborough rejects? Um, it's kind of interesting. I ask myself why a lot of the time. Like, why are they leaving Melbourne for Queensland? I know it's probably not for job opportunities because I know <laughs> people tend to do the opposite. They leave Queensland for Melbourne most of the time, or Victoria, I should oh, say. So this is like a revelation for our UK <laughs> listeners. Well, I will say you've landed in winter and you see the reason why people leave for Queensland. It's gross weather here. What are you talking about? It's sunny and 30 outside, isn't it? <laughs> Actually, yeah, I'm, I'm in my bikini. <laughs> well, well, yeah, we went up to the Gold Coast. Well, I was there for 24 hours and I fully acclimatised to that pleasant 22 degree temperature up there. Yeah, it doesn't get lower than, say, 20 degrees most of the time, so yeah. it's pretty pleasant. So, yeah, Kate and I met because we tweeted about neighbours. I can't remember, Kenny, when you started tweeting... But we all sort of popped up at 6.30pm. Mm. The Australian tweeters, there's not many of us. Oh, except Kenny, six months of the year, tweets an hour behind us. That's right. Yeah, it's rough in those daylight savings months because we miss our friends. They're oh, not there. Yeah, you and um, Mary and Sammy up in Townsville. Yeah, it is a bit difficult because um, it's like I'm replying to everything an hour later. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I kind of feel like I'm stealing ideas sometimes because <laughs> like, I'll look back through Kate's uh, Twitter it and is, uh, we often have the same idea at the same time. It is uncanny so, yeah. how often we will tweet exactly the same thing and then we'll like take a screenshot of our twi- <laughs> twin tweets and send them to each other. Vera and I did it once yeah, as well yeah, yeah. and I was like, oh. took a screenshot. Actually, you two, I want to retweet the most every night. Zingers, non-stop zingers, <laughs> worth a follow. Now, how long have you been watching Neighbours? Oh, that's a good question actually. And have um, you had hiatuses? I definitely had a hiatus, I think, around 2013, 2014, because I was studying in California. Uh, so that was around the time I think Bailey lost his money to some Russian woman or something along <laughs> those lines, was it? Oh, man. Was I just had a, I had a micro sleep when you mentioned Bailey. <laughs> was it in the dark web? Um, oh, that's right. Possibly. I just know that the Turner kids came into some money and um, somehow the smartest one lost it all. Yeah, God. Lando was the shining light out of the Turner kids. Who was your era, Kenny? Like, who were your peeps with growing up? Did you have characters that you really resonated with? I think as a kid, I found Phil Martin to be, like, probably my <laughs> favourite character. I didn't, It's a weird one, I know, but he was, like, the but first Carl Kennedy for me. Ian Rawlings. There yeah. you go. Yeah. No, I, I see it, yeah. And Run, running his news agents. 
<laughs> and uh, like the first like major story memory I had was like Julie Martin's death as well. Oh, oh yeah. So, God, she was a mole. Yeah. <laughs> that was a doozy. Yeah. I remember as a kid being conflicted with those feelings. Like I'm like, I hate you. And I, I feel like I'm glad that you fell off a balcony. But I shouldn't be because that's bad. Do you have memories of um, her stepson, Michael, trying to drown her in a spa or something? Oh, my God. I didn't, but that just popped back into my head. I think there must have been a publicity shot of him kind of lurking over her semi-conscious figure sitting in the spa. That's outrageous. I think he might have drugged her. I don't know. Did he do time? Whatever happened to him? Because he was like an OG crim of Ramsey Street. He may have done time, but he probably didn't like serve the entire thing because he didn't murder her. So Yeah. He's not at the prison resort that half our cast is in at the moment. <laughs> Very brief Neighbours Council business. The business, again. A quick thank you to LJ, who's become a Patreon at patreon.com slash neighbourspod. I am organising a time with CJ to recap Tyler's terrible Hallmark movie. I mean, probably fine Hallmark movie. Who knows? That'll be coming up soon to Buddy Watch on Patreon. Thank you also... To one of the newest members of the Neighbours Council, our Facebook group, Stephen, who says he listens to the podcast on an... Wait, no, he's... Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. And Stephen says he listens to Neighbours on an oil rig where he works. And I think Stephen's having a bit of a lend of us, but that's fine. He's painted a nice picture. Oh, look, I hope, I hope Max is still bringing in that sweet FIFO coin. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm going to mention Max right now, because what I'm going to do now... That's it. Neighbours Council business over. We have to discuss a new character to the street. But before I do that, I've had a request from friend of the show, Nick, who wanted me to sum up the Rob Rob days because he missed them when they were on air. So I spent, I'll do anything our listeners ask me to do. And I spent the afternoon on the Perfect Blend, our trusty resource of all things neighbours, perfectblend.net. It was like reading a novella. Well, I remember the earliest mention of the um, Robinson triplets, which was when back in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, it must have been late 80s. Eight, um, 89 is their original birth year, uh, but then they got, it got retconned. Yeah. So when Gail was having trouble getting pregnant, so she had IVF treatment mm. with Paul and she got pregnant with triplets, which in this day and age would actually be a massive bloody disaster <laughs> for the IVF clinic. <laughs> but back then I think they were a bit more free and easy. But I, I just remember her in this horrendous 80s maternity tent being like eight weeks pregnant or something like there, there was absolutely no need for her to be wearing a tent and like kind of touching her stomach going oh look at my bump and there was nothing there uh, that would be me though if, if i get up the duff i'd be straight into those tents i'm like <laughs> i'm ready for my tent wear era <laughs> um but gail and paul split up while she was pregnant with the triplets which in hindsight not being a child now i'm like far out that's like so he's, he had to have messed up pretty bloody badly for them to split up when she was pregnant with triplets. It's okay. So in my reading today, because I did, firstly, I blamed him. Shame on me. I blamed Paul, but actually it was her decision. It was Gail's decision. And it turns out Paul, he was freaked out with the IVF payments. So he took on extra work. He was burning the candle at both ends, doing extra work. And Gail was annoyed about that. But then her dad died or her adoptive mm. dad died. Rob Lewis, was yeah. it? Who's Rob Rob's namesake. Of course. I'd never made that connection. Yeah. But I can picture the actor who played Rob Lewis, like totally. So her dad died and she was really messed up by it. And, oh, she blames Paul because he had had an argument with Rob and then Rob got in an accident. So Rob, Rob was an old mechanic and he was actually Charlene's first boss. He had a touch of the Lou Carpenter shonks about him too. <laughs> <laughs> she blames him because she thought he was involved in a stolen car parts racket. What's oh. old is new again. 
And so she couldn't reconcile that and so she left to go to Tasmania with her three fetuses. Sure. Why not set yourself up for complete chaos? So Gail has Cameron, Robert Robinson and Lucinda. Lucinda, who is we know as L, which has yes. got to be the you know, furthest reach for a nickname yeah. ever. Surely she'd be Lucy, but there's already well, a Lucy. Well, there's already a Lucy Robinson, <laughs> isn't there? But she carries on the tradition of B, V, D, L. But what the perfect blend tells me is that Cameron and Robert are twins. So I guess the egg split and they're twins, identical twins, and yeah. L was just kicking around in there during IVF as well. Yeah, which actually kind of make, makes it sound a little bit more responsible that they only put two embryos in. There you go. What I'm going to do now is I want to sum up the Rob Rob storyline as quick as I can. Just barrel yeah. through it because it's freaking hectic and then we'll dive into this week. So this is the Rob Rob log. Do Rob, Rob, Rob. Do Rob, Rob. Gail's living in Tassie with the triplets. Cameron and Elle bond. They've got a close bond. Robert grows up distant, withdrawn, because he's really dark on his dad for abandoning them, which in hindsight, it wasn't him. It was Gail who left. But still, he didn't really. He tried to go down to Tasmania and make good with them, but it didn't work out. So he stayed in Melbourne, which, you know, maybe he could have done more to go live in Tasmania. But who wants to live in Tasmania? Elle and Cam made fun of Rob Rob. They called him Rob Rob, which is a hilarious nickname. That's not bullying. That's just the fact. His name is Robert Robinson. They also called him Rob Squared and Ferret Boy, which is very harsh. I'll pay that as bullying. So Elle came up to Melbourne when she was 19 to live with Paul and reconnect with him. Rob was furious about this and he set up to destroy both Paul and his sister's lives. So clearly Rob had untreated mental health issues because you don't just decide to do that. So the first thing he does is he plants a bomb on the plane that he thinks Paul and Elle are going to be on. That's the plane that goes from Melbourne to Lasseter's Hobart and drops the bishops over Bass Strait. We lose David, Serena and Liliana. But Elle and Paul are fine. But what's the good news about Bass Strait? It'll deliver you back. Exactly. Like Harold. Like Harold, like Dee. There we go. You're fine. Don't worry about it. So Cameron, meanwhile... He's studied architecture. Now he wants to study to be a nurse. Rob sets up this car accident that leaves his brother comatose. So Cameron, the good twin, ends up in a hospice in a coma. Hang on. Is this the car accident was when he was run over by Max Hoyland? No, that's a different car accident. Oh, he's unlucky. Rob sets him up. He's in a coma. And Rob grabs his brother's diaries conveniently to study up on his brother's life and backstory. And the diaries must have been like... Dear world, I am a good person. I like people. I'm friendly. Like, so he learned how to be a good person by reading his brother's diaries. Did he, sorry, did he read like one page and then put the book back down and then read another from another one? <laughs> and he just got all the highlights without having to worry about any of the guff in between. I've just realised something. They could have tested whether Andrea was D much earlier on by getting her to perform some sort of medical nursing duty. Like that time Carl... No, that's different. I was going to say Carl spilled his latte on someone, but that's, that's Oh, like that's the, the time like Carl drilled a hole in... That's what I was yeah, thinking yeah. as well. <laughs> Unlucky to be a nurse in Erinsborough. Mm. Now, Rob Rob starts to convince everyone in Erinsborough that he's the good guy, Cameron. He's already tried the bomb. He's responsible for the plane crash. Then he tries a series of pranks. He food poisons everyone at Harold's store because Paul owns Harold's. Oh, sorry, it's called the General Store. Would have happened any time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he tampers with some shelves. They fall on someone. He steals from the till. Really just minor pranks at this stage. He goes from bombing to 
practical jokes. Then he tries to break up Paul and Izzy. Not an evil act, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, Elle was trying to break them up too, so, you know. He ends up taping a conversation where he tries to hit on Izzy, rejigs the MP3 file that he records on his MP3 player and plays it for Paul so he thinks Izzy's hitting on his son. Amazing. Yeah. Look, the the villain was right. (laughs) That's a podcast we enjoy too, the, the villain was right. Then he plants a bomb in Elle's car, his sister, but she hops out. They manage to get her out of the car before it explodes. This is two bombs. So he's making bombs as well as impersonating his brother. Look, I'm just getting vibes of of other Tasmanian psychopaths now, which I I got this week too. Camrob wakes up in his hospice. He's like, oh, what's going on here? Got a bit of a headache. Heads back to Erinsborough. Rob Rob was dating um, Katja Kinski, wasn't yes, he? Yes, and this is a crucial part of the plot. So at this point, Cameron wakes up, comes back. Then he gets arrested for all these crimes that Rob Rob's been doing as him. He's like, but no way, I didn't even steal any tampons from Harold. <laughs> <laughs> they traced it back to him. He's in the slammer. Rob Rob hops back into bed at the hospital. Not eyes. I'm in a coma. They bring Gail up because they're like, mate, you've got to come and figure out what's going on here. Gail comes up. She looks at Rob in the hospital bed. She says, no, it's him because he's got a mole on his arm. Cameron just must be evil because Elle was like, it can't be Cam that's doing all this stuff. And her mum's like, no, it's Robert in the bed, so it's got to be Cameron. I love Gail, by the way. (laughs) She's got to come back. Now she's got a granddaughter. Yeah, Cameron's in the clink, so Robert comes back as himself. He comes back and he's like, hey, guys, it's Rob. This is the first time I've been here in Ramsey Street. What's going on? And Katya is sus right away. She's like, hey, we've got down and dirty. I know you. She's the only one who cottons on. And he goes, I'm here to bond with my father. Let's go camping, Paul, Dad. Off they go camping. Katya tries to warn them like something's not right here. They catch up with Paul at the camping ground. Rob Rob's turfed him down a mine shaft. Is this when he lost his leg? Look, I always forget where he lost his life. I feel like that was like, was it gangsters or something? I feel like Dylan Timmons saved his life and that's how he lost his leg. Yeah, I did a lot of perfect blending today, but I didn't get that. So I'll do that next time. But when they realise Rob Rob turned evil, he's on the run, he's on the lamb, he kidnaps Katya, just keeps her around. They try to lure him back out. Gail and Paul stage a remarriage to lure (laughs) Rob Rob out. Brilliant. (laughs) At the wedding, Rob Rob turns up with a gun, shoots Paul... Paul's wearing a bulletproof vest, so he's okay. Obviously didn't get it from Erinsborough Police. (laughs) Rob Rob is thrown in prison, which is where we meet him this week. Um, But no, he's not done with his hijinks. He hides in the prison so that people think he's escaped and he just hides under a table or something. So there's news reports that he's an escapee. Max Hoyland finds out and he hears that Rob Rob's on the loose Max's sister is Izzy as well. Yes. And for some reason, Max is friends with Katya. This is a bit that I don't understand. Maybe Max has got a bit of the Mark Brennans and he's into his friend because mm-hmm. he's like, I'm going to go protect my friend. He sees Katya with Cam Rob, thinks it's Rob Rob, runs him down, kills him, gets done for manslaughter. Toadie, in a very rare toadfish manoeuvre, gets him only a light sentence. Miscarriage of justice. Poor Cam Rob. And finally, Rob is getting counselling in prison. Right. The system let him down and he finally gets treatment in prison. So where did Robert commit his crimes? Which state? Victoria. I don't know. Well, he may have done some bomb making in Tassie before the plane crash. But basically the reason why he's in prison is because of the crimes he committed in Victoria. Yes. And where is he in prison? Albury, which is a border town. 
but Albury is on the New South Wales side of the border. Yes, Wodonga. I always thought it was the other way around. No, Wodonga's oh, Victoria. Okay. So it doesn't make sense that he would be in, in Albury. In a New South Wales prison. So in reality, he'd actually be down at Barwon, which is near Geelong in Victoria. That's where the Supermax is in Victoria. And I don't know why they didn't just say that. Weird. Now, we know it's a Supermax because the lighting is very dim. It's very serious at the Supermax. Oh, and also you can't have just like like casual conversations in the cafeteria like they do with D. No, this is a bloody party at the D prison. Okay, so that's, what did I call it? The Rob Rob log. A do Rob Rob Rob. A do Rob Rob. We're back. We're back in the present day. I find that there's like a lot of parallels between the whole Rob Rob and Cameron situation and Dee and Andrea. It's pretty crazy. Because you said Dee was a nurse, right? And Cameron wanted to be a nurse. Mm. And then Robert came onto the street, pretended to be his brother. Andrea did the same thing. So, And not to mention the Tasmania factor and... Adding in the reason Elle came to move to Melbourne, she told her mum, I'm going to go to visit friends in Byron Bay. Well, there we go. And instead she came to Melbourne. What's that? What's this East Coast situation we've got going on here? I'm just, you know, like there's obviously an evil gene with twins. And that's what hopefully this DNA test will find out with D. Yeah. And we actually had a voice memo from friend of the show, Simon, who is a twin and has taken umbrage with the portrayal of... Twins, identical twins or neighbours. Simon here. I speak as something of a twin expert in as much as I am a twin, and I've even had a DNA test to find out that I was an identical twin. Me and my brother had been told that we were non-identical, and we had a DNA test to find out that we, in fact, were. But it is possible to be an identical twin and not be completely interchangeable with your twin. As I'm sure you know, identical twins are those who split from one egg, monozygotic, and non-identical twins come from two different eggs, dizygotic. Several times, maybe every couple years, a stranger will come up to me and say, oh, you must be Colin's brother. Never once has someone come up to me and thought I was Colin. Doesn't happen. But on Ramsey Street, if you're identical, you're interchangeable because you're played by the same actor. And not only are you interchangeable, there's always one twin who is evil. So we have evil Robert come back, we've got evil Andrea. Yeah, spoilers, if you know twins, asking them which one's the evil one is not a fun question. They will have heard it every time anyone ever finds out they're a twin. It's not fun. But you know who gets away with it? With not being evil? Non-identical twins. Everyone's favourite twins, Lance and Anne. Everyone loves both of them. Leo and David. Leo wavers around evil, but not really evil, more like dastardly. They're fine. In Ramsey Street rules, identical twins, one is evil, non-identical twins, you're both good to go. So what I would like to see is identical twins where neither of them are evil. Is that so much to ask? You know what concerns me is that we know that Gail and Gillian are returning to the show as Caroline and Christina, Christina's Paul's later wife. Which one's going to be evil out of the two of them? There's got to be another one. So, sorry, Simon, you have to pick an evil one. You and your brother have to decide. I'm sorry. It's just, you and have if, to decide. If you don't think you're the evil one, you probably are. <laughs> no, Simon has like a book blog. He's very innocent. <laughs> so, we're going to springboard this discussion by diving into Wednesday the 17th of July. But before we do that, let's talk about the entry, the emergence of our new Ramsey Street friend, Harlow. Last name TBC, I haven't looked at the credits. No, it's Harlow Robinson. Wow. So you take your dad's name from your mum's fling. Wow. It sounds like her mum is as hot a mess as Nanny Alice. Or Dee, really. Oh, sorry, not Dee. Andrea. Ooh. Can you, Kate, talk us through 
how we have Harlow in our lives. Harlow's mum had a fling with Rob Rob back in Tassie, back in the day, possibly when he was underage, but it's kind of <laughs> undetermined. 19, maybe 18, because mm. Elle came when she was 19. So it's, it's, it's like there's fuzzy maths going on with the ages of Paul's kids. Had a brief fling with him and then went back to the UK and apparently has led a pretty unstable lifestyle there. And as such, Harlow has grown up very quickly and she was saying she's in the midst of her A-levels. So that sounds like somewhere between... Year 11 and year 12 here. 16, 17. Yeah. Too young to be travelling internationally by herself. Too young. And I, I was outraged. I went on a tirade on Twitter. How dare this parent put leave her child to get on a plane to go to a prison? And someone tweeted back and said, I think she just lied and didn't tell her mum she was doing this, which makes a lot of sense. I hope that's true. Imagine imagine flying to Australia and then going, oh, shit, I get, how the hell do I get to Albury? Like... It's a good four-hour train ride from Melbourne. It's a long way. It's longer from Sydney. And then getting to the prison from there and, yeah. And having those cute outfits you've all sorted and packed and pressed. I have ho-ho vibes from Harlow. Holly Hoyland. She's got a hot mess mother. She's got a head on her shoulders. She's in the chess club. I just feel like she's cut from the holly cloth. Yeah, but I think, you know, she's bringing a fresh slate, really, because she doesn't have the easy baggage with her. She has popped into the Supermax prison on her own. Can you imagine even... Are underage children even allowed to hop into the Supermax on their own without a guardian? I wouldn't imagine so. I would be really annoyed if I travelled all that way and just was flat out denied like that. From um, my true crime podcast listening, I know that there are people who work as... Well, not work, who volunteer to accompany children of inmates to prison. So, because they're often in the country, the prisons... They'll pick up the kids in Melbourne and then drive them up to, like, have a meeting with their parent. Well, actually, that makes perfect sense. And maybe Harlow reached out to this organisation and had a chaperone. I love that idea. They just waited in the car. (laughs) (laughs) While she drove off with, like, three strange men. (laughs) Oh, my God. It was, wow. Yeah, it was all uh, kind of vexing, really, because they, she drove off with Aaron and uh, David, right? Aaron, what's his name? Aaron wants to sniff around Rob Rob because he's all like, I need studies for my psychiatric yeah, thesis. Hook up with some evil geniuses. <laughs> and I'm related to one, so let's go. Then they run into Harlow and she's like, well, I'm here to see my dad. What are you guys doing here? And they're like, we're here to see our brother. The reveal was interesting because she was like, my name is Harlow and I'm Robert's daughter. And it's like, well, you said the most important part second. So. <laughs> Well, I've just spoke to the guards and apparently all of you are the reason Robert Robinson's not seeing any more visitors today. Flew a long way to see him and you've ruined it. Well, you flew all the way from England to see Robert. Why would you want to go and see someone like that anyway? Because my name's Harlow and he's my father. You're an unknown love child, so starting with your name does not help anyone in the room. It's not like, my name is Prince and I'm funky. (laughs) If she'd said Harlow Robinson... That would have yeah. been a big mic drop for them. Then they're like, well, where are you staying? She's like, some dive here. They're like, well, come to Erinsborough. We've got some nice digs. Sure. She didn't even ask for ID. Yeah, no. I, look, I just worry about her safety. Especially, and the, the most dangerous person in that house is Roxy. Oh, yeah. 
but um, Harlow has her number. So yeah. it, I think it goes to show like what a hot mess her mum must be if, if Harlow can see straight through her like that. After she wakes up, she's introduced to Paul Robinson and Paul and Tarage take her in and just have a great old day with their new bonus granddaughter. Like, come on, let's have milkshakes at Harold's. Let's get to know each other. That was actually quite lovely, wasn't it? Yeah, it was quite pleasant. So Harlow's here. She's in our lives. We've actually neglected to mention one of the most interesting things about Harlow in that the actor who plays her is Jason Donovan's IRL daughter. She's Jason Donovan with a ponytail, this young lady. Spitting image. Did, there was a line where Paul said, oh, she looks just like her father. And like, <laughs> actually, she looks like her great-uncle Scott. <laughs> but also, weirdly, like Tarage's late father-in-law, Doug, who is her grandfather. Yeah. Isn't it such a shame that they already cast and dispensed with Madison Robinson because yeah. she would have been a perfect Madison. She's probably the right age. Yeah. Oh, it's such a shame. I'm just, oh, I'm so hoping now that um, Jason will return and do a little cameo with Scott because that would just be awesome. Now, in Wednesday's episode, I did really enjoy her interactions with everyone. So by now she's caught up on everyone she's related to, got the extended family oh, Amy, Gazcan. Oh, that was yeah. my line of the week was when they're like, <laughs> This is Amy, she's your auntie, David, um, Leo, your other uncle, and Gary. Come and meet the rest of your family. Yeah, yeah this is your uncle Leo, your auntie Amy. Hi. <laughs> and Gary. <laughs> I have to admit, I always love when a new character comes onto the show and they're like, oh, so they're trying to figure out the whole family tree mm-hmm. and then I think after a while they just give up because it's too complicated. And that great moment where she walks into Teresa's house and sees Ned and she's like, am I related to you too? Okay, no. She has to ask that to everybody she meets in Aaron's bar. I enjoy her maturity. She wants to get to know her dad, but he's refused her at the Supermax because Paul came in and intercepted them and it was a whole, whole thing. So she sits down with Paul and he starts to try to tell her the story of Rob Rob and he doesn't have perfect blend in front of him, so he struggles a bit. She's <laughs> like, the, the Bishop family. And then he gets choked up, which... You know, it was rough. I wonder why it just didn't end with him holding the Christmas bauble and going, Yeah, my dad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll put your grandfather on. (laughs) No, what is it? I'll put your great-grandfather on. And here's where I start to wonder about what they're attributing Rob Rob's psychosis to. Because Paul keeps saying, oh, I wasn't there for the triplets and that's what drove Robert around the bend. I'm like, well... Clearly, Robert was already having undiagnosed issues because the, of the lacking Tasmanian healthcare system. Uh, it was yeah. So I don't know if Paul needs to shoulder all of that burden, even though Roxy straight away blames him. Can someone talk me through Roxy's agenda here? Roxy is jealous AF of Harlow. How good was that moment where Tarage is trying to look after Roxy? Roxy won't have a bar of it, so Tarage is like, you know what, fine. I do not have the energy to deal with you. are 20. You're an adult. I'm going to give up on you very soon. (laughs) (laughs) And she should have given up on her 12 times Mm. ago. And finally, she's had it up to here. So she goes, you know what? This lovely, polite English girl, she needs a bed. You can have Roxy's room. And Roxy overhears. Yeah, Roxy's like come in the hallway and she's just like all... She looked like um, someone had shot her mum, basically. She was like, like, lips are quivering. I wonder whether... Harlow's going to end up being evil and Roxy's going to like come in and be like, she's evil and nobody believes her. What if that's going to unravel like that? Ooh, I wouldn't mind that. Sounds plausible. Because the whole nature-nurture thing, which is David's obsession, yes, she's got some dormant psychotic gene, which in reality would just be mental health issues that have passed from father to daughter. Um, I did love... So Roxy 
now has a beano bonnet and she wants to interfere with this relationship. So yeah, she's she, feeling um, supplanted. Yeah. So she unloads to Harlow. She's like, well, good luck playing Happy Families with, and lists all the n- nuttiness that has gone yeah, on. What, terrain- what did she drop? It was like Crime Baby or something like that? Oh, Murder Baby. Murder, murder Baby. Teray, <laughs> don't. Don't what? Whatever you're going to say, just don't. I am having a lovely day with Paul and his granddaughter and I don't need you ruining it. Yeah, well, have fun with Murder Baby. Oh. Which is awesome. I do like it as an insult, just hurled across <laughs> Lassiter's. But, like, seriously, Roxy, you reckon that's the worst thing that's happened here? Nah. So she started the chess club, Roxy. She's a founding member. At her comprehensive. <laughs> comprehensive school, which apparently people don't call it that, but whatever, it sounded smart. I felt like it was possibly setting it up as, is it a class thing? Like, to say, like, she didn't go to just, like, any old, yeah. I don't know. She's going to end up at Erinsborough High anyway. Yeah. So. One thing I do want to take issue with is, is the tiniest nitpick when Roxy's having Aaron take her Instagram photos and she grabs the phone and she goes, post, filter, done. And, okay, no, these Instagram birds do not just put it straight up on Instagram. No, and hashtag up the wazoo. But also they go into Facetune, they go into ViscoCam, they actually Photoshop themselves, add filters on apps that are better than Instagram, then put it up on Instagram, then add all their hashtags. That would have been a 20-minute project for Roxy. No, no, lower, lower. <laughs> <laughs> but Harlow's response is she doesn't have time for any of this drama from Roxy. Mm. She's like, you can tell me whatever you want, but clearly I'm getting your side of the story. And and yeah, maybe there is a reasonable explanation as to why Tarage slept with both Leo and Paul. I, I just want to add something. There was something really funny that Roxy said. She can't remember who she said it to, but she says something along the lines of, I told her everything she needs to know about Paul. And was like, mate, you're not even scratching the surface. <laughs> That's a three hour conversation. Yeah. And still comes back to you. So how did he lose his leg? <laughs> <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't find out. We'll find out another day. Have you ever been on your way from a bar that serves coffee to a coffee shop and thought, gee, I could use a cup of coffee? Well, come on down to Gaz Can's Coffee Hut for your next Between Coffees cuppa. Gaz Can's Coffee Hut. Never sleep again. In the meantime, guess who's back? Dee Bliss, guys. It actually is Dee this time. I've I've still lost my sense of trust over this. (laughs) Yeah, I'm treading very carefully. Dee has hopped back on a flight down from Byron because Toadie said, oh, I told you to go away, but now I still want to hang, so come down. Um, mate, can you pay my $500 return ticket? Oh, those last-minute FS. Now, she wants to know who the heck is Andrea because Toadie's like, you know what, don't worry about it. Don't worry about <laughs> Andrea. Fair enough. If I had a bloody doppelganger turn up, I'd be like, we need to get to the bottom of this. And Toadie, like, explains it away. Like, but Andrea said it's just the doppelganger theory that there's six, that there's people in the world that just look like you and it's fine. (laughs) Toadie, she's identical to me. I I have to know how that's possible. When I met her on the cliff, I asked her if there was any chance we could be related. She said we weren't. She said that for every person in the world, there was someone who was just like them. Well, that's how we've all come to terms with it. I have seen some very crappy shows on Foxtel which purport to say, oh, can you have a stranger who's a twin? Then they actually like did measurements on people who did look similar, but then they did measurements on their faces. Turned out that they only looked 13% alike or yeah, something like right. that. So it was... I did really enjoy that Dee was like, guys, that's not a good enough excuse. I want science to back up who she is. Thank you. She is a woman of science. Yes. She's a nurse. The lapsed nurse, but a nurse, no less. She schleps over to the prison, the revolving door prison, and they sit down for a chat. 
they've all got tulip tables they sit at, which seem unstable for an, what could be a heated environment because all you have to do is lean too hard on one side of it and you're going to flip it over. <laughs> but Andrea's like, no, uh, my mum only had one baby and it's me. I'm like, yeah, you were there, but you don't remember. So Also, she's a massive liar. <laughs> yeah. Dee wants to play the scrape, scrape, scrape game with Andrea, how the tables have turned. Dee wants a DNA test. And Toadie says, you know, I could force a court order. And I'd be like, really, Toad? Because I think you'd struggle on that one. And Heather also did the DNA test because, as Andrea said, oh, she'll do anything if she thinks she'll get less time. (laughs) (laughs) I miss that. And it all happened off camera, obviously. Then, obviously, Dee's got to go out to have a walk in the fresh air so we could so oh, we don't yeah, have to we, get both of them. We had the whole split-screen thing going the whole time, which was great. Like, there was a weird gap between Toad and Andrea, <laughs> but that Dee and Toadie were sitting quite close together. The other thing that really gets me about Dee visiting Andrea in prison, you think that they would be in some sort of separated meeting room because otherwise they could swap. <gasps> oh, yes! Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good point. Like, oh no, our inmate suddenly has frizzy hair. <laughs> Kenny, how did you how did you feel on this D Andrea journey that wrapped up last week? Confused, I guess is one word for it, but I did enjoy the fact that D was actually out there and alive mm. uh, because the whole Andrea situation like when it first arrived was pretty like unsatisfying for the most part. But I was just so confused by the fact that she was in Byron Bay. How did Daniel Robinson not see her at one point and be like, oh, that's Karen from the crystal shop, you know? Because <laughs> surely he went there, like, oh, probably. When he, when he was, like, you know? living in the back of his panel van. Yeah, absolutely. I don't get how all these Erinsborough residents who moved to Queensland probably go to Byron Bay for, like, you know, a short-stay holiday. Re- recreational smoking purposes. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Well, the Kennedys would take the kids down for a drive to see the lighthouse. You know, it's only an hour from where they are. Yeah, and surely and, Billy would have seen pictures of Dee. Yeah, and the Kennedys would have them on high alert, you know, like all over Facebook. If anyone ever, there'd be a Facebook group that always Oh, there'd, there'd be a update. tribute group to her yeah, as well, like, in memorial. There'd be like a gif of a candle Splendor burning. in the grass as well. It's quite a big <laughs> event that people go to. It's happening now, It's happening actually. now. Yeah. L- Lily and Vandermeer and Mavorni Hazel are there, <laughs> says Instagram. So I've just thought of another D pun that we can use, which is, <laughs> you know, the movie Double Indemnity. Double Indemnity. <laughs> <laughs> I just wonder, like, whether Daniel ever saw, like, Toadie's big book of Ramsey Street memories because surely he could have looked at that and been like, oh, that's Karen, I know her. But you've got to remember what his nickname was. Yeah, I do. I think I coined that, didn't I? Oh, I think Paul Robinson. Oh, yeah, Paul did. I shortened it to NCZ. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yes. could be, back then Twitter only had 140 characters. That's true. Oh, yeah, and you had to be pithy. <laughs> Non-contributing zero. And that's why Daniel's never done anything useful. But also, but Dee is an attractive lady. Her face would be splashed all over social media and the news that she's still missing. No leads. Ten years later, there'd be the 15-year anniversary or whatever it was. The DNA's been sent off. Oh, we- the Andrea DNA. And <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get it back this week, so that's unusual. Paul was wanting to do DNA tests, which he never actually did with the bloody Tanakas. Yeah, I no. still I, reckon there's yeah. something sus there. So shonk. Oh, it'll probably end up that it will be Scott's baby and that's what um, the twins were Scott's babies after all yeah. and that'll be what brings him back to Ramsey Street. Bang. That's astounding. Kate Stradamus oh. on the case. Imagine. You are not the father, but you are an uncle. <laughs> <laughs> back at the Rebecca's. 
D's like, I want to go to Werribee. Kenny, have you been to Werribee? I have not been to Werribee. Is that where the zoo is? Yep. There's an open range zoo out there. So you can hop in a bus and go and see Which is cute. zebras Af- and stuff. African animals. Yeah, it's a lovely day. Do you know Werribee for any other reason? Pretty much the zoo. <laughs> mm, that's good. Because what um, do us locals know it for, Vaya? Sewerage farm. Mm. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, when you drive past Werribee, it's a bit of a waft. Mm. Keep the vents closed. Yeah. And a lovely mansion that's the set of mm. many TV shows. Which is literally right beside the zoo. So Werribee Mansion is where Toadie and Dee got married. And Dee's like, let's go back there and jog some of our memories. And Yashvi lets the cat out of the bag and it's like, because Tony's like, yeah, I've never been there before with you. Let's Since go. the wedding, yeah, yeah. And then Yashvi says, oh, it's so nice you get to go too. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever they need someone to put their foot in their mouth, Yashvi's perfect for She's it. great. She's truth bombs. You know what I just don't buy? That everybody's taking to D so easily. You think everyone would be like, <laughs> it could be a triplet. I don't know. This, it's too weird. You know, like you'd think that Andrea just would have burnt them all comprehensively. It's the Erinsborough amnesia happens all the time and like especially like around christmas time as well they're like oh we're going to go for a rafting trip for christmas time uh do you not remember what happened on the last rafting trip (laughs) (laughs) someone's gonna fall down a hill dislocate something someone's gonna drown i don't know there's you know a plethora snake bite spider bite bogged in mud look they keep eating at harold's despite repeated food poisonings so but what i also don't buy is toady hasn't even asked d when she went boho you know, she's like, oh, we lived in a little house with a little garden. It's like, did you, what else did you grow in that garden, Dion? <laughs> well, how the hell did she support herself for 16 years? It would have had to have been some sort of crop in a forest somewhere. <laughs> He's not like, so when did you, when did you start wearing long floral dresses? <laughs> uh, on our wedding day, Toad. And that's the style I was stuck to. Yeah. Now, it's ruined now, Werribee. She doesn't want to go if Toad's already been. Which disappoints me because I was looking forward to it, like revisiting Werribee again. What does Toadie plan for D instead of going to Werribee? Slide night. He fires up the projector. Which, who has a projector hanging around their house? I, I guess I move in the wrong circles because I don't know anyone with a projector. Maybe Carl Kennedy. Carl Kennedy would have had one because he's always making people sit through his slideshows. So maybe he went around and borrowed it. He's a massive tight ass though. Oh, which reminds me, later in the week, Carl but comes back from England and Dee's first line to him... Oh, they, yeah, it took them forever because they took, quote-unquote, the ring road. So I'm guessing they took, like, the Greensboro, the, the northern ring road, which doesn't actually connect up around near Ramsey Street. So I don't even know how he did that. But Dee's first line to him was like... Didn't your plane arrive a couple of hours yeah, ago? Yeah, we took the ring road. Trying to avoid the tolls, hey? Am I right? Oh, you save a penny, Dee. Save a penny? So good to see you come. <laughs> Goodness me. It was beautiful. It was delight on his face. But that's what I didn't buy because you think he'd go, shit, you really do look a lot like Andrea. <laughs> it wasn't just all of us with Stockholm Syndrome. You guys really are like dead ringers. No one actually went, we were a pack of idiots. <laughs> we just believed the doppelganger theory. I, I do love from like Friday's episode how Dee was so easily remembering things from the past that Andrea just never mentioned. Oh, like, oh, remember when you got home and you wore my underwear and that's when I started wearing your boxes? And he's like, you are the boxer thief. <laughs> that was really cute. Let's not focus on the visual of Toad in Dee's underwear. <laughs> <laughs> then she asks him a question that I think is extremely valid and that's like, so how did she convince you she was me? Because that's weird. <laughs> And also, like, she was rough as guards. But that's where Toadie should have said, she's quite an amazing actress. (laughs) (laughs) 
she had quite the range. And straight away, Dee's like, if I was here, I would never have tried to ruin your marriage. Obviously, Dee's been saint. She's a saint. Sanctified. She's sanctified. She can do no wrong. And how sad was that moment where she flicked through the album and found her own memorial leaflet? Oh, that would be weird. That was weird how my sister didn't turn up to my memorial. Oh, yes. But now... Dee's developing feelings. She confides in Susan. She's like, look, the old days are exciting me. They're bringing back some memories of good times. No, don't go breaking our hearts, Dee. We know you're not here for long, Madeline, are you? But I'm not sure now because maybe they're putting a Band-Aid over the Sonia wound with Dee. But as Carl said tonight, this was the worst year of his life. It's not the right time to start a new relationship. If ever it was too soon, it's now. Mm. It's too soon. Oh, but yeah, also tonight, Nellie was introduced to Dee and she's like, you're not Dee, you're Andrea. Spot on, Nellie. Spot on instincts. You're right to be suspicious. But Dee had the best response. She's like, we look the same on the outside, but we're very, very different on the inside. So you say. Kind of sound the same as well, yeah. I mean, honestly. Also, Toadie looked a bit surprised that he'd forgotten that they looked the same. He's like, now I'm going to talk to Nellie about how you're my friend. Um, it's going to be fine. And then when Nellie comes up with that they look the same, he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> Forgot that that woman tried to play the scrape scrape game with my daughter. Wouldn't it be totally weird to see a baby that is the product of someone who looks just like you as well? He was a bit sheepish too when she's like, so how'd you, how'd you end up with Hugo, mate? <laughs> he's like, oh, look, it was... She was really convincing. <laughs> I was really just rolling with it. She was, again, acting. Yes, and? Sonia saw it all. It's all right. <laughs> the first rule of improv is you yes, and. You accept every offer. So I don't know how they're going to get her back to Byron now. Stay, D, stay. Do you really want her back in the Rebecca house with Toad so soon after he's widowed? Of all of the relationships I'm seeing in the show at the moment, that's the relationship I want to see more of, D and Toadie. Yeah, I mean, it's slim pickings at the moment, <laughs> I have to admit. Um, but Gary yeah. and Amy's nuptials not doing it for you? No. It's more I... nuptials. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Maybe I'm open to them exploring it, but I'd like her to have a bit more time up, up north to get her affairs in mm. order and him to go to some therapy. I wonder if Toadie, because you'd think actually Ryan Maloney would have to take a holiday after his really intense um, run of storylines. I wonder if he, he's going to take the kids up to visit Byron for a while, escape winter. What a sweet moment with Kersha, though, this week when old mate Millsy wants to organise a bachelor auction just so that we can have the joke of Bachelor Tim having to be a bachelor, which I'm all for, but still, that's the premise. Toadie's like, oh, I don't have time for this to organise a whole bachelor auction. And Kersha's like, yeah, but that's what this foundation is about. Everyone helping each other and coming together so you don't have to do everything on your own. I thought that was really lovely. See, when I saw Millsy standing behind Kersha in the Rebecca house, I thought, hang on. She was hospitalised because of him. You'd think she would still be at least a bit scared of him. A little bit jumpy. <laughs> well, she's focusing on her uncle's grief. What happened on Thursday, though, when... let's We've got to do a little sidebar before we finish off, is Yashvi's crime tour of Erinsborough. Oh, fan, look, hey, that's that's a bloody five-hour tour. You'd need to, it's, it needs to be a TAFE class in it. <laughs> Finally, this is what we wanted. We wanted this. This is the spot that Paul Robinson was shot by his first wife, Terry. And then shot again by one of his triplets. And this is the spot where Paul Robinson was pushed off a balcony 
by his fifth wife, Rebecca. <laughs> You'd think that if Yashvi had done it, done it as the Rob Rob tour, that would have pulled in more punters. Because I would watch the hell out of that Rob Rob tour. I guess, but she's keeping it topical, though. I mean, who cares? He's yesterday's news. This, this is this is Millsy. He's a bloody whack job. But speaking of whack jobs, she had like a weird Millsy stan come in to be one of the participants in the tour. Kenny, how was your read on this tour situation? It was the dark oh, tour. Would you do it? it? I probably would do it. But it was a bit strange because how did he know so much about Finn? There were news reporters at a couple of the disasters. Oh, There's probably like, it would have been all over Reddit Melbourne. It would have been all over Reddit, like crime, unsolved crimes. Yeah, he's, and- he smacks of a Redditor, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel resentful at that statement. What I wonder is, if all that stuff is out on the internet, how were people in Kennedy household not fully aware of that? The people knowing about, like, Finn and how it's, you know, spread like wildfire, essentially, because, like, Thursday's episode, actually, she got, like, an entire tour full of, like, you know, fanatics. just in, like, morning an night. hour. Yeah. She, like, oh, posted yeah. it that like day. The, it's like the Michelle Laurie Oz True Crime live podcast. People sign up for that in a flash. And actually, here's one for you back in my radio days. And I was trying to think before why I wasn't familiar with the Rob Rob era. Because it's not that I stopped watching at that time. But I remember in 06 when the Rob Rob episodes were on, I just started working in commercial radio. And it was consuming my life. And at one period of the year, I was working on front desk in the morning, 8 to 1. And then I'd go home for a couple of hours. And because I was trying to get my hustle on. I put my hand up to answer the phones for the night show. So I'd come back at 6pm and do the, be a phone assistant till 10pm. Oh, bloody so hell. So I was living and breathing radio and not neighbours. Burning the candle at both ends. <laughs> I was like Paul Robinson. I just had to pay for the IVF somehow. <laughs> I was working nonstop. And at that time, when I was working on breakfast radio, it was right when Underbelly, the series, was airing and everyone was talking about it. And we had Roberta Williams on the show. Oh, my God. And then Husey and Kate, with Roberta, did a gangland tour of Melbourne. It was very controversial. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, I got a lot of hate calls about that. Because I have given my own gangland tour of our our neighbourhoods. I did it a couple of times. At first, my mother-in-law as well, because she was obsessed with Underbelly. And so, like, literally, we drove around for about an hour and a half, and I'd go, oh, yeah, no, I remember this guy. Yeah, yeah, he was killed just about here. Oh, and these two were killed here. Totally up your alley. You you could do what Yashvi did. No, no Side hustle. Easy as. <laughs> but the, the interesting thing for me in that that Stan knew all about LEMB, but the Australian reporting laws are actually pretty strict on identifying victims, aren't they? Yeah, so Stan, by the way, for those uninitiated, is stalker and fan merged together. There's quite a few neighbours stands out there. Yeah, I think after meeting Ryan Maloney at the Logies, I think he thinks we're a couple of them. <laughs> but this guy Alfie rocks up to the tour, so she posts on a crime forum, the dark tour is happening. Old mate Alfie, perfect casting. He looks like a young toad, doesn't he? Which is a creepy young man at long hair crime tour. Perfect. He asks too many questions and knows too many things. It happened right over there. Often Finn is seen lurking around the corridors of the hospital. He was discharged months ago. Why did you want to do a tour, mate, if you already know all the info? Exactly. So I would have already worked out the addresses of anything <laughs> everywhere already. Because, like, all I have to do, like I was explaining to you about this YouTuber I love, he filmed a bit outside his house and I found his house just purely from that. I'm on a few forums too. Like, I read a few gossip forums for, mm. of YouTubers I hate. I hate watch a lot of people. I'm sure people hate listening to me. Hi, shout out. 
But I am appalled at a lot of family vloggers that like post things. Exploit that, their children. Yeah, you can tell where their kids go to school. and you, So often we try and work out people's addresses because we're so horrified. Like I, like I don't work yeah, it no, out. As an intellectual exercise, yes. this is what separates us from the stands, Vaya. We are not out there hunting them down, breaking into their lounge rooms and saying, hey, I wanted to meet you for so long no. now, Jared or Becky. Oh, hang on, that was me at the Logies. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be horrified on their behalf because privacy is very important. And particularly the privacy of children as well. Yashvi, love her chutzpah, takes this group of people that have time for an hour on a work day. Again, why not? But the one of the weird things is, is the entire street is at their jobs. I know. It's a miracle. <laughs> the heavens aligned. And she's like, the street's quiet. I'll take you through Ramsey Street. Yes, she picked some dodgy spots on her tour. Stops yeah, on like, her tour. Yes, she at least. Look, check yourself and go, hey, maybe I don't want to be bringing a large group of people to the street I live in to dox my neighbours. I do want to give Yashvi some props. She was an excellent public speaker. Oh, yeah. yeah. She... For someone who's struggling at school... She had 150 bucks afterwards, which I don't know how she got that from, like, six different people. Or, like, turn, turn that into three banknotes pretty quickly. They all had exact cash. <laughs> that somehow they had half a $50 note and the other person had the other half. Oh, this is great. Yeah. We'll go halves. But old mate Alfie ditches the tour group early and goes back to the Kennedys. I loved it. Here he goes, I want to go back to Psycho Street, which is <laughs> warranted, Alfie. So Alfie breaks into the Kennedys' house... It's only B that's at home, or she yeah, comes. She's, in? She's comes in after her morning melodies at the pub. <laughs> her song's changed. Yeah, it's gone from no, 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 no to na, 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 na. <laughs> Literally, it has. It's gone from no to na. So well done. That's that's some range. But how's her morning melodies gig at the pub? That's usually like you know Elvis impersonators and stuff. Who are we going to see at a pub? It oh. was Ian Rawlings, Ken's yes. mate. Yes. Oh, he was doing. Was it bingo? Yeah. Bingo at like this dodgy pub in Preston. And we were going to go. It was like a, a retiree's Oh, uh, when was like, this? I would have loved to have gone oh, to I'll that. I'll tell you, if, if he does it again, we'll be right on the blower too. Yeah. Excellent. This is perfect. I have wanted to meet you in person for so long. He bails up B in the house. She's terrified. But then Millsy comes in, tackles the guy. But they can't call the cops because Alfie's like, you can't call the cops because I know you're on bail and I'll just tell them you attacked me. Then B and Millsy rekindle their affections and make out and that's the cliffhanger into next week. Honestly, it is kind of gross. It just doesn't sit right. I was thinking as I was watching it, wondering, I think I would have preferred it. Okay, fair enough. You've got to get this ex-crim back, this terrorist amnesiac back on the street. Fine, whatever. Do what you got to do. I know it's shock value to have him stay with Susan, but there's no one rattling around in that Brendan. Mark's on his own. What they should have done or could have done is Mark could have said, I'm a policeman. He can stay with me. I will keep an eye on him. And then he could still be next door to Susan and it's still controversial, but he doesn't have to be right there with his victims. Yeah, I think that would have handled the situation a lot better because just him staying with Ellie and B, just, I don't know. It's, it, I think it sends the wrong message, really. All right. Citizen or citizen? Kenny, you know the drill. So my citizen, unfortunately, would have to be Yashvi because... Oh. It's not cool doxing your neighbours like that. And also, I'm not over the Brisbane Lions jokes. So. Oh, can you 
yeah, talk me through that because this is an insight you bring to the table as a Queenslander. Yashvi's been dragging the Brisbane Lions. So there was one episode where she made a couple of jokes about Brisbane Lions being unable to climb a ladder, which is kind of hurtful because it's been uh, 10 years of just, you know, cellar dwelling in the AFL. And it just so happens this year that they are climbing the ladder and currently third place no, in the AFL. So. Good. Look, and hey, look, as an Essendon fan, it's pretty hard to throw stones in that glass house as well. So, <laughs> I gave her Citizen last time, but I'm going to give her Citizen this time. Dee Bliss, the only person who refuses to accept that people just look the same and is like, this is my twin, guys. This is my twin. <laughs> Glad somebody's thinking critically in Erinsborough. Yes. Thank you. I love her so much. I love the whole D Toadie dynamic. It's like the old days, except they're adults now. Have you got one, Kate? Look, I'll give a citizen to Harlow, purely because she appears to be smarter than every other Robinson. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of them. That's a feat. And look, and she's learning how to game the system pretty well for a teenager as well, like because she was trying to work out how to bond with Paul and Leo explained, oh, I bonded with him over business. She's like, well, I don't know anything about business. But then obviously the cogs are turning, oh, but I know about chess. It's really sweet that that's his, his connection to both grandchildren is yeah. chess. And I feel like Harlow would absolutely kick Jimmy's butt. <laughs> <laughs> both at chess and in life. Oh, Look, he's got the Amy jeans. Yeah, at least Harlow has the evil Robinson Jean running yeah. through her. Sorry, just as a side note, why didn't Paul ring up Gail and say, uh, guess what, you're a grandmother and get your ass over the best straight. Beautiful. And actually, Elle, yeah. who's lost Cameron, would definitely want to connect with yeah. Harlow. She's a smart cookie. She, you know, she and Elle would get on well. Kenny, was there anything else we didn't cover that you were busting to air? I was kind of expecting to come here and rag on Gary for like... a good portion of the episode mm. uh but i was surprised the fact that he was really only in one scene uh, i just Do act you... like a father man like he... it's just he just sounds like a child a lot of the time mm. like i expected him to come out and say you're a doo-doo head kyle like something <laughs> along those lines he's an excellent guest case. <laughs> and it's uncanny if we're talking absentee fathers at least paul would you know write letters and try to connect with his no, kids. at least paul would hand out you know banknotes you pineapples mm. Whereas Gaz just... We just hit you up for cash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm a bit short this month, hey? <laughs> Kenny's got to do it. So uh, I'm, I'm a bit strapped for cash this month, Therese. I have to say Therese because, I don't know, it just rolls off the tongue in the Gary voice. And she has cash. Yeah. Oh, but, you know, mum's making a roast tonight. How about give me a job as a cleaner? <laughs> <laughs> well, my dream for Gary is... They've got to get Gaz Can on the next season of MasterChef. I feel like I had the judges on in guest roles a few years back. We'll dip into it. They had Matt Preston, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, he judged our episode of the podcast, Susan Kennedy's Coconut Cream Pie. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Because it fell on the floor. That still makes me cringe. (laughs) Kenny, thank you. Um, Where can people find you in the world? Not not doxes in the online world. (laughs) Right. So I'm on Twitter at Kenny Young and... My website is kennyyoungwrites.com. Kate? I'm at Remude on Twitter. And if you like Remude's barbs, you'll enjoy Kenny Young's as well. I'm Vaya Pashos. CJ, who's not 100% this weekend, will be back next time. CJ the Hot Mess Mum, her Instagram name. 
And we are Neighbours Pod on Twitter. Our Facebook group is the Neighbours Council. Come join us. And also don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts because we love to read your reviews. Let's Shall we read them out next time? Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Make it funny. Make it fun. Like, And if you have to pretend you're Max Hoyland, then so be it. Yeah, whatever you need to do. Pretend you're writing for the West Waratah Star. And we'll chat to you guys soon. Bye. 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 Do what he was doing when he put my heart.